0: I'll give a wave like this. Just to let you know that that joke
1: is over. Okay. I misbehave on stage, but I'm better than when I wasn't sober. Yeah, so uh, I've sobered up, but there's still some blackouts. And um... I worked in Hyman's and survived tornadoes and trailers, but that don't mean I won't put in my two. Later, having a good time, baby, having a good time, baby. We're having a real good time.
0: We're having a good time, baby, having a good time, baby. I'll tell you one more time, oh yeah, we're having a
1: good time. okay welcome to the we're having a good time podcast what a great intro song it's so good every time i hear it i just think wow troy ritchie did an amazing job and it's just so good um uh welcome uh my name is dusty slay i'm the host of the we're having a good time podcast and i'm happy to be here um lately i've been very reminiscent about the 90s in in weird ways and um reminiscent and then i've gone back and forth on did i like the 90s do i care about the 90s is anything in the past um as good as we remember it being um paul simon has a song called kodachrome where it seems like he is talking about that and about the past and as if the past is as good as we remember remember it being and do i love the 90s so much because um here in the 2020s we wear masks all the time and not metaphorical mask but real mask so i've brought in um actually in the studio here we happen to have a resident expert on the 90s and so i brought her in recently she And this is really what makes her an expert. Recently, she watched a mini documentary series on Michael Jordan. And I would like to welcome her to the studio now, uh, Hannah Hogan.
0: No dickity, no doubt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, she's here. She's got, uh, when we rehearsed it, uh, well, we didn't rehearse it, but when we discussed this, she was going to be she was going to do a no doubt,
0: no Spice
1: Girls, Spice Girls. Oh yeah, I don't know, but
0: I f- I thought that might be too jarring. Oh, okay, to kind of come in with that, yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So I thought, well, it's another classic nineties.
1: Oh, no doubt was oh, I'm just a girl. Yep, I always, you know, they played that song in the movie Captain Marvel when Captain Marvel is uh, develops this superhuman strength and is destroying everything, they're playing the song I'm Just a Girl by No Doubt to show that even though Captain Marvel is a woman, she's still able to accomplish these things. And I always watch that and I think, you're playing I'm Just a Girl, but it's like, you're not just a girl, you're a, a girl with superhuman strength and abilities. You are, oh, I'm just a superhero, is what it should Yeah, should. you're like transhuman. Yeah, I mean, you're like, yeah. Your DNA's been compromised. Yeah, part woman, part machine. Yeah. To innocence. So, but before we get into the 90s, we want to talk about the 90s. I want to talk about a playlist I tried to create and just some thoughts on it. I got lots of random thoughts today, but first, let's get into a little where we've been where we're going where they going where they been where they
0: going where where they been where we're going where we've been
1: okay so this weekend i went to michigan i had a few shows in michigan uh i was doing shows uh private gigs and um uh and i thought they were good so let's start with the first one i had to fly to detroit i took two flights to detroit then i realized south southwest has a direct flight from nashville to detroit so that'll be good to remember for the future but i fly american airlines because i have high status and i almost always get upgraded to first class i've never booked a first class ticket but i'm almost always upgraded so i got upgraded from my flight From Nashville to Charlotte and then from Charlotte to Detroit where I went through security with my mask on and then in the airport took the mask off and lived my life and breathed free fresh air. And then I got on the plane and I, you know, I played the little game of it's above the nose when the flight attendant is up being a nanny and when she's out of the room, it's below the nose because I love breathing. So I did that and then I landed in Detroit and I had to, in the Detroit airport, you have to go, you have to walk a long way and then you go down an, uh, an escalator to get your bags and then when you get your rental car, after you get your bags, you have to go up two escalators and then you have to go down a long moving sidewalk and then down another escalator and then you have to get on a, a shuttle and it'll take you to where you get your rental car. And then I got my rental car, and uh, I, I drove to Jackson, Michigan. Jackson, Michigan, they say, is home to the largest prison in the world, and um, where the Republican Party started, is what they said. So, I did a show there, and uh, I actually I missed the uh, missed the food, and so the guy. And I've been trying to make this a joke for for the last f- four shows, five shows I've done. Uh, but the guy, the guy booking all the shows, he says, uh, I'm going to get you some food. And I was like, oh, I appreciate that. And he goes, uh, he's on the phone. He goes, what do you want? And I go, oh, I don't know. What are the options? He goes, anything. And I was like, anything? I mean... It's like even in a restaurant, even if it has a big menu, you at least have some things to pick from. But anything, I, I never been really faced with a situation like that. There's never been a situation where someone said to me, what do you want to eat? It can be anything, uh, especially on the spot like that. And I, was, I didn't know what to say. I, I just was like, I don't know, just uh, maybe some kind of chicken. I was keeping it vague, but hey, some kind of chicken. He goes, I think all they got is popcorn. <laughs> uh, I'm like, popcorn chicken? Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 just regular popcorn. And is anybody, I mean, was he secretly in his brain being like, I'm going to tell him anything, but I hope he says popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever requested popcorn when given anything? For a meal. Yeah. When somebody on death row is like, hey, what's your last meal? They're like, popcorn. I'd like a little popcorn. They call the kitchen. Do you have popcorn? I don't have it. I can get it. Does he mind waiting? Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> once we get it, it's going to take about three minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? He did come through with the popcorn <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. and I ate the popcorn and then there was a, an older man working at the theater and he had a, he had a mask made out of like a wash rag, but it was like a, one of those like real th- thin kind of fiber cloth. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it was, it looked like something that you would like, you would check your oil and then wipe it clean with this cloth. And he had that. He had made a mask, so it just hung down. It looked like I don't know. Um, I feel like in movies about old Egypt or India, the women would have like almost chain that dangled off their face. Does that do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's what it looked like, but it was a wash rag and this guy was giving another old guy a tour and he asked that i want to jump in and i was like yeah i'll walk around and we went into some of the tunnels and it took you know about 10 minutes and the guy showed us a bunch of stuff and i was like that's pretty cool and then i did my show it went pretty well and then after i asked that guy i said hey man i'd like to come back here tomorrow and film a little bit of the theater do you mind if i come back will anyone be here and he's like yeah i'll be here and he's like i can give you a full hour tour if you want i'm like no nah, i don't think i need an hour tour i just kind of want to film some stuff and he goes cool let's meet here at 9 a.m so i meet the guy there at 9 a.m and i don't leave until 11 30. i cannot get out of there he showed me everything i mean and to great detail i mean the man was thorough the man appreciates his theater the man When he has someone interested in seeing it, he likes to get into it. And I respect that. But also, several times, I was like, I'm going to have to get out of here soon.
0: You said that? Yeah. But you didn't do it?
1: No, because the guy was so nice. And then he really held the... He wanted to show me the roof. And I was like, dang, I want to see the roof. (laughs) So I was like, but... You know, we looked at the stage for a while. He showed me how the curtains lift up and down, every trap door. Uh, We went back down into the tunnels that I had already seen the day before. We went up to the dressing room on the second floor, and then the dressing room on the third floor, and then the dressing room on the fourth floor, and then back down to the stage, and then up through the theater, and then on the balcony, and then the old dressing rooms, and then finally on the roof. And then uh, we get out to the parking lot, and it—I'm about to leave, and it feels like, like you know, in in one way, it feels like I've just made this guy's day by coming and looking at the theater. In another way, it feels sad that now the thing is over, and I feel like, and I, I feel like he's so happy. Like this is happening. I'm like, all these emotions are happening where I'm like, <laughs> I'm finally getting away from this theater and away from this guy who's given i mean the guy was telling me about how projectors work and describing scenes in old movies and he had a slow storytelling he's like this is um this is the movie um um miracle on 34th street that's not the movie oh this is uh it's a wonderful life that there was a movie. i was like oh they did that here no they never did that here but uh uh there was a scene in the movie where the um uh, the little girl had a, <laughs> had a bell and uh, <laughs> when that bell would ring they would go uh, the teacher says that every time the bell rings an angel gets her wings uh... so I had a little bell that I had on my uh, on my jacket for a while that i and I would just ring it and that was, that would be like, that was like how it was going.
0: It takes so much effort when someone's telling you a story that you already know, but you're going to listen to the story and pretend like you don't know it just to be polite.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, at a certain point, I started finishing the sentences. <laughs> and, but he was, you know, I mean, and very nice guy. And I, I don't, I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast and get offended. But this is what I'm saying. So. I'm finally breaking free, and as I'm about to walk away, another truck has pulled up outside, and it's clearly people who, who work for a company, and they're about to go into another business and do some form of work, and as I'm walking off, as I've shaken this guy's hand, and he said, I don't think we're supposed to shake hands right now, and I was like, well, I've been traveling the whole country shaking people's hands. It's fine. Anyway we shook hands, and I'm walking off, and I feel like, oh, the guy must be sad that I'm leaving. He stops this other guy, the guy who clearly works somewhere else, and he goes, you ever taken a tour of this theater? <laughs> and the kid's like, nah. He's like, you want to? And I, I couldn't hear what the kid said, but I was just like, wow, that got moved on quick. <laughs> so then I left Jackson, and I drove to um, – um, holland uh, holland michigan did a show there really great and then after holland i went to sturgis michigan did a show there really great uh did a show there was some sheriffs at that show a lot of these shows were for police and firemen in michigan um there weren't very many police or firemen at the shows but it was for them because uh i don't know this guy the, the guy that offered me popcorn has been doing these shows for years, and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the drive, I enjoyed the scenery. I like the state of Michigan. Michigan is pretty on lockdown right now, but, uh, and I don't have much of a mask grant, but let's go ahead and hit this button. All right, here it is your weekly mask grant. Do you like that, Hannah? Whoa, I've never
0: heard that before. Have you never heard that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. No, yeah. but that definitely sums up like your heart towards masks.
1: <laughs> like the way you're you're triggered by them. I mean, masks are my biggest complaint about the entire pandemic. Yeah. I, I mean, like I don't think it's fake. I'm not telling people how to live their lives. I hate the mask. That's what I hate. I hate it. You you do. I hate it so much. It's,
0: I have to, I have to tell you when I drop you off at the airport. Look, there are going to be people wearing masks at this airport. You need to mentally well, premeditate that someone might step to you about a mask, and then it might upset you. And you need to just be able to just just well,
1: walk through it. The problem though, it, it, the problem is not that people wear masks. I mean that that is where people really miss the point. the The problem is not that people wear masks. If you mm-hmm. want to wear a mask go for it but the problem is when people tell me that I have to wear a mask or I'm killing them (laughs) it's like I'm not sick and up until 2020 there never was a time when people were like sick and didn't know it I mean there was always AIDS but it's like you at least had to do something with somebody to transfer that you're like, you could be walking around with a virus and not know it and giving it to me. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think that's how it works. I mean, it's never been how it works before. And suddenly they're like, that no, that's how it works now. <laughs> that is how it works now. You're all potentially sick. Just operate as if you're sick out here. And if you don't put that little piece of cloth over your face, everybody will get it even though a lot of the research shows that virus particles are smaller than the fabric of any of the mask. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I'll put, so I've done playing pretend anyway. So my mask rant. it's not, I don't really have much of a mask rant because I've been going, to, I went to the grocery store in Hermitage the other day and a lot of people weren't wearing masks. That makes me very happy. I went to the mall in Franklin yesterday to get fitted for a tux and um, uh, a lot of people in there weren't wearing masks. And I went to a, a particular store to get fitted for a tux. And they had a very stern sign about wearing a mask in there. But the guy who I approached about fitting me for a tux follows me on it, uh, on TikTok and is a fan. He saw me at Zany's once before. And he didn't make me wear a mask. In fact, he asked to take a picture with me. And uh, so feels good i mean everybody in the store had a mask on but me and it feels great uh so uh we're having a good time out here i don't believe in that and um but this is my i was in the chicago airport i had just gotten myself a a hash brown from mcdonald's and i was walking to go sit down and i passed by a lady working at the american airlines counter and i didn't have a mask on Oh, and I could tell by the way she looked at me, she was ready to correct that situation. She was like, this guy doesn't know that he's supposed to have a mask on. And I had the bandana around my neck, which they don't allow now In, in on the airplanes. You have to have a, a different form of cloth. Um you could have the same bandana material as long as it's shaped like a different kind of mask. No yeah. One
0: cover up that chin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. It's just leaking out of us. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all oozing virus out here. And I mean like restrictions, like capacity restrictions in Nashville are letting up on the 14th. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I'm sure people, there's plenty of people that would listen and would yell at me, but, I think it's, uh uh you know, about over.
0: How long have you been doing this mask rant bit on your podcast?
1: F- uh, too long, to be honest. Too-
0: okay, because I'm sure if they were fans listening and then they were pro mass, they probably tuned out a couple uh, weeks ago. I- that
1: could be true. That could be true. So that's a good point. But anyway, so I go sit down. I'm eating my hash brown. And this lady comes over and she comes over with the haste of a hall monitor and she has got she has got a mask in her hand and she comes right up to me and she goes sir you have to have a mask in here i got one here for you and i go no i got my own mask she goes you're not allowed to wear the bandana and i'm like yeah i know i got my own mask here i'm just trying to eat this food and she goes well i have one i don't and i said i don't want your mask and she and then she was like okay then and it's like yeah don't act like Like, how do you think I got into the airport? You can't get into this area of the airport without a mask on. Don't be hall monitor lady. (laughs) And That's my only rant though, really. I mean, Michigan was pretty wild. Like you go in, every restaurant you go into, they want your name and your phone number for contact tracing. And I never give my right number. Somebody told me that that number, you're giving them your number simply in case there is a breakout they can call you and let you know that there's been a breakout, but I don't need that paranoia in my life. You know what I mean? Don't call me being like, hey, you know that restaurant you ate at the other night? You could have got food poisoning and you could catch a virus, you know? It's like, aren't we all running a risk out here eating at a restaurant? Um, but but honestly, I had a great time. Michigan <laughs> is a wonderful state, um, except for the government, and uh, I I really enjoyed it.
0: I like Michigan. Yeah, it's a hardy people, and it's a beautiful state with all of their lakes.
1: Yes, it is. I went to Holland uh, in Holland, Michigan. I went out and looked at the lake a little bit. Yeah, at at, at sunset, yeah. it was very nice. All right, so that's going to lead us. I had a I had a few things I want to talk about. Oh, I, I did more shows. So then I got home. I did new material night at Zaney's. Uh, which is really great. If you live here in Nashville or in the area, every Monday Zanies is doing what's called New Material Night, and it's really great. A lot of big time comics come. I mean, this this Monday alone, um, it was me there. Okay, and uh, <laughs> and Steve Byrne, uh, Theo Vaughn, Nate Bergazzi, John Crist, Brian Bates, um, and several other people: Monty Mitchell, Reno Collier.
0: Who is Nashville trying to be these days?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was such a big, big big-time showcase, honestly. And so every Monday night, they're doing stuff like that. And it won't be those same people every Monday. But if you're looking for a show, that's a good one. Uh, And then Tuesday, I got to do the Opry again. And I did the Grand Old Opry, and the capacity is getting a little larger each time. It was a lot of fun. I think that's probably my 13th time doing the Opry. Wow. And then on Wednesday, I went out to MTSU, the Middle Tennessee State University here in Nashville, or in Murfreesboro, and I did a college gig. I emceed a R&B slash hip-hop show. They told me it was hip-hop, but the music that I saw was R&B. I mean, they were just, they were singing. They weren't rapping. Um, so I don't know what's going on with people calling R&B hip-hop, but, and not I, that I. I think
0: R&B is considered under the hip-hop umbrella.
1: I don't. I don't think that makes sense.
0: So hip hop is only rap.
1: That's what I thought. Yeah.
0: And why do they have two separate words for
1: it? Hip and hop. <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: hip hop and rap.
1: Oh, I don't know. See, I, I don't know that. Um, but I thought, to me, hip hop and rap were the same. I
0: think. I think hip hop encompasses rap and R and B.
1: I don't think so. Well. I think R and B is singing. It's soulful music.
0: Yeah. Hip hop.
1: And I don't find hip hop hip hop is rhyming. All music's rhyming. Well, that's true. But I mean it, it it's singing versus like uh I don't know. Let's uh I don't want to play anything, but um it'll take too long to find stuff. But anyway, when I think of hip hop I think of rap. When I think of R and B I think of soulful singing. Okay. Because there also is a genre of soul. Yeah like all right so here's you know a couple white people discussing the differences between (laughs) r&b hip hop soul and rap right Right. in the same way that you know like you know a, a a black person who is a huge hip hop hop fan might be like what's the difference between bluegrass country music americana americana um folk folk exactly it's like you know like in the movie Blues Brothers uh when they go up to the thing and they ask the lady what kind of music do you play here she said both kinds country and western right <laughs> so yes so there is some subgenres that don't make a lot of sense
0: but the show was good
1: <laughs> so yeah so i went up and um i started they gave me a wireless mic and i just go up cold cold um you know, I'm, I'm just emceeing last minute, cold, cold audience, walk right up. Nobody brings me up. I'm sure no one in the audience knows I'm a comedian. I'm up there for a little bit and I go, I'm a comedian, by the way. I don't know if you could tell that by the lack of laughter in here. But the kids are all socially distanced in their chairs. They're all spread out in chairs. They all have masks on. Uh, they told me I had to wear a mask, so I played with it for, for a long time. I held it in my hand and I was always acting like I was putting it on my ear and uh but i'm just like just chill out guys and so i went up and then the, <laughs> the mic kept cutting out on me and i made fun of them and they said the final exams were tomorrow and i was like well if your final exam tomorrow is on how to make a microphone work properly then you're gonna fail and uh and after that they got it fixed i said i don't know if you have a tech crew here or what but turns out mtsu is a tech college that's what they do <laughs> but then after that it was really good and i i had a lot of fun on stage told some jokes they laughed and then brought the first guy up uh javante and he had a uh he did great and um he did as great as i feel like you can do in any setting setting where you're singing and the music is coming out of the speakers. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you have a band, it's like, all right, you, you, this is a full band. But when, like, it feels like being in church back in the day when someone would come up and they'd have a little boombox almost and they would start the song and then they would sing. I never cared for that. And that's what it felt like with him. And now, and then I went up did, and I went to get an intro for the headliner and his management was rude and dismissive of me. Uh, but I got the uh, I got the intro, and then I went up and said that I said I know this next guy's a big deal because his management was rude to me, and uh, and then I brought him up. His name was Bryn Joy, and he had had uh, quite a few uh, streams on the internet, and he opened for Megan the Stallion. Wow, it was a pretty big week for you. It was a big week, and then yesterday I got to chill, and then tonight. Uh, being Friday, I'm going to be doing the Grand Old Opry again tonight. Yeah. Two times in one week. Yeah, and you cut half the grass. I cut half the grass. Well, I cut the front because, honestly, I didn't think the grass was tall enough to cut, but I wanted to, you know, there's a few dandelions that uh, came up and make the yard look unkempt.
0: You know what I like to call the grass these days?
1: Yes, I do. Go ahead with it. I
0: like to say that the grass has a mullet because it's short in the front and it's long in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But so you better get that mullet
1: cleaned up. Well I just wanted to I had um I had written a couple of things and so let's get into this mm. Let's get into the heart of the podcast.
0: Yes because I'm the 90s expert
1: um okay So this is what happened to me. I woke up the other morning around I was in a hotel I woke up around 5 a.m and could not go back to sleep. And I started getting on TikTok, and then when I was on TikTok, I stumbled upon um, a 90s song that I had not heard in a long time. And it just, it sent me into, I don't want to use the word spiral because I think it was positive, but it just sent me into a place of like- Euphoria? Euphoria, I think that's a a good one where I was just like, but it seems like it will be a weird song. And I found that I think I mainly like of the pop genre, I mainly only like women. And I don't know what was going on with me, and I think it's because I have some emotional attachment to 90s music. But this is the song, and it was playing the video on TikTok, and I was just like, this just sent me to a place. You ready? Yeah. She already rolled her eyes. Hannah already rolled her eyes at me. I get it. I'm rolling my eyes at myself. Just give it a second.
0: You say I only hear what I want to.
1: Okay. Now, this is the song listen to at
0: 5 a.m.
1: Well, I think you missed the rest of the details that I said. I was strolling through TikTok, and this song came up. Uh-huh. So, and, and this is the point that I'm trying to eventually trying to get to with these 90 songs is that in the 90s, when I was alive, when I was driving a car, because I was born in 1982, right? So in 1990, I was eight years old. So from 90 to 2000, I went from eight to 18, And I feel like this is such a big, like influential chunk of your life that the 90s uh, hold this special place for me. It
0: was probably awakening your understanding of the
1: world through music. Right. So in 98, that's when I got my driver's license. Now, prior to that, I was riding around with my mom, my dad, mainly listening to country music my mom liked bon jovi jim croce and the doors sometimes but other than that it was straight up country so like all the music that i listened to was like i know i know all the 90s country there's probably not uh if it were a hit in the 90s and it's a country song i can probably sing it word for word and if i can't do it right away give me one listen and i'll be back um That's how much 90s country I listened to. But in 98, I got my own car, and I had my own radio, and I started to discover all this new music. But the thing about it was, in the 90s, if you could have CDs, but there were no streaming, there was no internet, there was none of that. So you relied on the radio, the radio. So you would hear a song on the radio and you would be and I would be like, oh, man, that was such a good song. And I would just keep the radio on all the time so I could potentially hear that song again. So when I heard this song that I just played you and I get it, I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I, I intentional. I wouldn't have played a, a a song that I thought was super cool right here because for this moment, it, 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 this song needs to be this. That's
0: kind of what is touching about the fact that you shared that song because I thought it was going to be some sort of like '90s grunge or alternative, but it was like you know, Natalie Cole,
1: right? And the and the and the Lisa Loeb is who
0: that is. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: But the, the point of it is, is when I heard that, it, it sent me, it had been probably the 90s since I had heard this song. So it transported me in time back to the 90s, and I was like, gosh, I missed the 90s music. And prior to that, I had seen um, um, another song by the Gin Blossoms. I th- actually think this is it right here. so i had already because of i had heard this i'd seen this on TikTok, that i was already in this place where i was like man music was so cool back then because i feel like music is one genre now i feel like all music is rap now i mean It's like country, everything is rap, you know, and and whatever. There's plenty of music to listen to that is not mainstream. Um, But I... I just it just sent me to this place. And then I started making a 90s playlist. And because I was doing that, all these songs were popping up. So I was listening to like one second, two seconds of all these songs. And I was like, boom, boom, boom. And it was like back in the day when the radio would come on and you would go, oh, I remember this song. And you would listen to the whole thing because you had no other choice. It was either change the station or listen to it. You don't get to skip the song. So as I was putting this playlist together, I would be, I would listen to five seconds of a song and I'd be like, that's going on the playlist. And it would just be excitement after excitement after excitement. And before you know it, I was a wide awake. I couldn't go back to sleep. And later that day, I was so excited. I got in the car to go to the gig and I put the playlist on. And I was like, I can't wait to listen to this 90s playlist. But as each song were coming on, I was like, I'm tired of this already and i was just skipping every song because i think part of that was i had already gotten rid of the excitement by hearing the song do you know what i mean even if i only heard 5 seconds of it it was already gone and it and it made me think do did i do i l- love the 90s or do i just love this reminiscent thing that i'm on does that make sense yeah the on ui I don't know what that means.
0: Just, you know, uh, yeah, maybe that's not the right word. Just just kind of, yeah, that's not the right word. Nostalgia is the right word. Yeah, I, I that's how I feel about 90s songs because they do bring me back immediately to my childhood in the 90s. But then within 10 seconds, I think I don't want to listen to this song because I think I, I would have listened to it so much in the 90s that I became sick of it in the 90s. And and even 20 years later, I'm still sick of it.
1: I mean, I feel like that too, that now as I'm listening to these songs, I, I even got into the grunge territory yesterday, and there's a couple. It's only the ones that I haven't heard in a long time where I'm like, oh, that's awesome.
0: Every once in a while, I can listen to Nirvana and appreciate it as... Uh, Good music. Uh, But mostly I'm sick of Nirvana too.
1: I found a Bible verse the other day that I wanted to read. But I can't remember it. It was that one that I said to you. Ecclesiastes and six. Yeah, maybe it was. uh, It just really kind of changed because I just was thinking so much about how Why do you ask
0: the former days? What's that? Why do you ask about why the former days were better than the days today?
1: Yeah. But I can't find that.
0: You told me on the weekend it was... I know it's Ecclesiastes, but I think it's... You said it was Ecclesiastes 6.
1: All right, but... uh, All right, so I'll find it. But, um, so this is why... This is this is a list I put together of why I think '90s music was so good. One, the radio—you couldn't change the you could change the channel, but you couldn't change the song. So it's like you're just forced to listen to it. And there was a bit of a variety. There was no streaming, uh, mixtapes. When it when you could make cassette tapes, I used to record off the radio, and then later I burned CDs. I remember I remember when I had a friend that had a CD burner. I dated a girl one time, and this was like probably around the beginning of the internet coming out. When she would go to visit her parents, she would download songs for me off the internet and burn them onto a CD. That was a huge thing to be able to do, to be able to burn CDs and put them. And then that way you could ride around in your car and actually listen to a list that you put together. Never had that been done um and and the excitement just just the fact that a song was coming on the radio really brought that excitement out. So uh let's talk about now that we're in this uh we're here talking about um the 90s you just watched uh the Michael Jordan documentary yeah called Last Dance. And so tell us about that.
0: So it's about Michael Jordan in the Bulls franchise. And
1: just, I, just so it's said, I know this has been out for a long time, yeah. but we don't. I don't have Netflix. Um, I got rid of Netflix because uh, I get so bored with all these streaming services. I'm just flipping through, and half the things I don't want to watch, and I just feel like cinema is dead, and everything sucks. And but my dad and stepmom came up, and they had a Netflix, and so they let me have the password. Yeah, so, so. I, I watched
0: the last dance over the weekend and similar to Dusty's experience of how the music just brought him right back to his childhood. Me watching this Michael Jordan documentary brought me back to my childhood because I grew up in a sports family and you know, on I had two brothers and, and an athletic dad. And so we just sports was always on and I wasn't particularly interested in sports, but you know, when there was playoffs or there was big games Uh, I would get into it and I wouldn't really have much of a choice because that's what was on TV. And I just remember the nineties and watching Michael Jordan, you know, in 97, 98 playing Utah and hitting all these last minute buzzer baskets and just being so in awe of Michael Jordan at that time as a young girl. And and just realizing how amazing Michael Jordan was as a kid and how exciting it was. And I remember I would get nervous before these championship games, even though I wasn't even a basketball fan. I didn't play basketball myself. Like, But just Michael Jordan and the Bulls themselves just were so magical to me. They were just the, the greatest competitors of all
1: time. It was uh, such a great time. I mean, because I think in a lot of ways, celebrities and athletes... We appreciated them more during that time because there was no internet. Like, it's like I had a Michael Jordan poster on my wall. Um, The, um, you know, you might go on a, you you know, see Johnny Carson or Jay Leno or David Letterman, and a celebrity or athlete would be on there, and it would be the first time that you would hear them speak, uh, not in a movie or on the field or on the court, and it would be special but now everybody has an instagram the news wants to interview everybody about every situation i mean whether lebron james wants to be involved in politics or not he is and it's like everything that happens in the news they go and ask lebron about it and it's like i just don't remember that with michael jordan i don't remember that with kobe bryant and it just makes them seem more special because you just appreciate how great they are on the court and not hearing all this other stuff that i think can can ruin you know uh, you know if you agree with him, uh, maybe it doesn't affect it at all but if you disagree with him, it probably does but i just think the point is with michael jordan you just really got to appreciate how great Michael Jordan was without being clouded up with anything else.
0: Yeah. And to me, I mean, watching this doc, it just inspires you to be a competitor and to be disciplined and, and just his work ethic, because a lot of times we think of Michael Jordan, well, he was just so talented and he was a superstar and he was, but you know, he was drafted in 84 and he didn't win until I think 91, 92. So it took a long time for him to build up his team and, 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 you know, the documentary really showed how he, you know, very much so led his team members and, and pushed them to their greatest, um, as well. And I just, oh man, I I was so fired up watching it.
1: I mean, any of, I haven't watched that one, but I, I really like all those 30 for 30s and stuff like that. They really do a good job amping those things up and, I think it's great, and I think, yeah, I mean, that's more part of the 90s. I mean, I think about the 90s movies, how great they were, and then I, you know, I was yesterday riding in the car. I was like, oh, Nirvana and, and, and uh, Soundgarden and um, Stone Temple Pilots and Metallica. I mean, they weren't str- – a lot of those bands weren't strictly 90s, but they had a real spot in the 90s, and I just – with me hating mass so much and hating all these other things, it just had me really looking back and really just being like, man, I miss that time. But then the more I listen to nineties music, the more it transports me in time to where I was at and what I was doing during those times. And it just makes me think, Oh, do I miss that? I mean, in 98, I was 16. I was very insecure about who I was, about about everything. I was so uncomfortable, um, and I just like, I mean, in 96 was the Olympics, the Atlanta Olympics that we all enjoyed. I mean, Hannah posted a few things about that, Carrie Strug on our yeah. Instagram.
0: That's the first year I started to have consciousness as, you know, like a deeper person.
1: Yeah, yeah and that was huge I had a Wheaties box with all of those girls on it and it wasn't weird because I was about the same age as them and uh I feel like it'd be weird now if if at my age if I had a Wheaties box with a bunch of 14 year old girls on it but I was that young they were I think their ages varied but I think maybe the youngest was 14 wow uh Dominique Muciano, I think (laughs) it was because, okay. Well, we—I well, knew a lot of their names, but me and my friend Costa really had a crush on Dominique Mucciano.
0: No, they were a great team.
1: Yeah, and but I mean, we had a crush on her as in a way that we were attracted to her because she also did the the free dance out on the, whatever they called that where they. They're out on the floor and they just do a bunch of things, and she did that <laughs> to "Devil Went Down to Georgia." Oh,
0: wow! And it
1: was like I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Speaking to your little southern heart, yeah, huh?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, <laughs> but you know, it was all really, really something. And uh, but I, I, th- I just think of you know, in '96, I was also when I was starting the ninth grade.
0: In 96?
1: Yeah, because I graduated in 2000. So in 96, I was starting the ninth grade. Uh, That was one of the most difficult years for me, just trying to adjust. And I've talked about this already on the podcast, but just trying to adjust to um, just that I'm a little bit more grown and now I'm in school with, I'm, I'm back to being, I mean, I'm a freshman again, in a sense. I mean, you're only a freshman one time, but it's like when you trade schools as many times as I did, like- we had kindergarten through second grade, third through fifth, sixth through eighth. So with each of those schools, you are a freshman at one point. So I'm back to being a freshman again. And then, you know, 10th grade was a little better for me. We moved close to um, the high school and I started walking to school and I started coming into myself. I started wearing flame boots and bleaching my hair and wearing jinkos. And I, that's not who I am, but because I started like to get outside of the box. I started to even think that I was projecting insecurities on myself because I was putting other people on a pedestal, right? And I think that's such an important lesson that I was thinking about yesterday. Now, in 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 school, I we had terms that we would use, like the popular kids were the preppy kids, right? That's what we'd say. I feel like that was also a 90s term. But so many of those uh, people were my friends, but because I lived in a trailer for so long, I had it in my mind that they were rich, even if they were just normal people who just had, uh, parents that didn't get divorced, right? They just had two incomes, but I had it in my mind that they were rich and I was poor and that There was a divide, but I was creating that divide. No one else was. No one ever said to me, Dusty, you're poor. Get away from us, right? Um, I created that in my own head, and I think that we do that uh, now probably more than ever. We go, those people are top of the food chain. I'm not one of those people, so I'm less than. And chances are no one else is saying you're less than you're saying you're less than as i was doing during that time and i just kept i just it made me think more and more about it like um you know i feel like there's this quest to be the most popular and if you're not the most popular then you're uncool right yeah it's like i don't think i was ever the most popular Right? I never I, I never think that I was, but I also was very well known. People liked me. I um, had a great time. People used to party at my house all the time and it's like you just have to get out of your own way. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah and
1: and ma- and, and you, you can't make people like you more than they're gonna like you. So if someone doesn't like you either you go, I'm not gonna hang out with you anymore. Or I'm just going to deal with you not liking me. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. High school is a very difficult time in terms of figuring out where am I on the hierarchy. But and then you have to realize, well, the hierarchy is something that, you know, is constructed in your head.
1: And so here I am. I've laid in bed since 5 a.m. on this day. I put this playlist together. I've, I've gone deep into my head about how great the 90s were and how... Much our country's destroyed and how i hate everything and i've gone into this weird place and then i pick up my bible and i'm reading ecclesiastes i've just picked a random chapter to read and i stumble on this verse and it says say not thou what is the cause that the former days were better than these for thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this and that made me think that I'm reading this and I'll read it again. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou doth not inquire wisely concerning this. So it made me think that, you know, it's not wise to be doing what I'm doing, to be sitting around saying the past was better than the present and then ask why that is. It's, because, and I think a, a, a big piece of that is that it wasn't better then than it is now. We only can imagine a time being better, even though it may not be. Because that's, I mean, that's what Paul Simon says in the song Chrome. He He's speaking, on this verse, he's speaking particularly of women, But I always thought this was uh, really good. He says, if you took all the girls I knew when I was single and brought them all together for one night, I know they'd never match my sweet imagination. Everything looks worse in black and white. And then could But I just think what he's saying is we only remember the good things. We don't remember what made something bad necessarily unless it was tragedy and then you only remember the bad things. But when you're reminiscing on something, you only remember the good things. I mean, matter of fact, my dad hated 90s music when I was listening to it in the 90s. I mean, I remember uh, us fighting... A lot over me wanting the radio because I was getting into country or or getting out of country a bit in 96. I was starting to really get into some other stuff. I remember listening to Match. I had a Matchbox 20 album, Yourself or Someone Like You, which was huge. Actually, that's still a pretty incredible album. And I found Pearl Jam to be one that holds, stands up to the test of time. I've listened to Black by Pearl Jam quite a bit lately. Really great song. And I don't know if this podcast has been the '90s deep dive that I had hoped it would be. Um, what What would you like to add here, Hannah? You want? I
0: feel you... like it's actually been you know quite deep into okay. the
1: '90s. You were at you were talking earlier about uh, articles of clothing from the '90s.
0: Yeah, to me, when I think about the '90s, because I was an athletic kid, uh, tearaways.
1: Tearaways, like pants that you could pull off yeah. and then be in shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Athletic gear.
1: So when would you uh, use the tearaways?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I would wear them obviously when I was playing sports on the weekend. No,
1: but-, but like give us a rundown of of a time when you had them on and then you would take them off. What did that look like? What did it look like? Like, like paint the picture for us. All right. Because this is what I see. I see... I'm picturing high school basketball. I'm watching the team warm up. And then when they start to get warm and get ready to play, they tear the pants off and then they take the court.
0: Well, I mean, I was wearing tearaways before I was in high school.
1: Yeah, so give us a scenario. I
0: mean, I would wear tearaways to school. And so I'd just wear the tearaways. And then? And then I'd I'd take them at the, the waist and just rip them off.
1: And run out onto the field. Yeah. Where would you be at to rip them off?
0: the sideline
1: yeah see that's what i'm talking about you're painting the scenario yeah your dad pulls up you guys are in a subaru you jump out you got a bag of soccer balls your dad's bringing them out you got your tearaways on
0: well i mean yes your dad
1: opens up that bag all the balls fall out he kicks one out you rip off the pants go running out with your shin guards on kicking the ball around
0: yeah and i i mean i remember It's a
1: cold day. Maybe it rained a little bit the day before. The field's wet. Your cleats (laughs) are digging into the mud.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, that's when we were playing sports and practicing and stuff. But I was such an athletic kid that, you know, up until high school, by the time I got to high school, I wanted to look like cute and wear girly clothes. But, you know, for a long time, my cool style in elementary school was, you know, umbra shorts. Oh, yeah. Soccer shorts. Mm -hmm. Um different kind of like Nike t-shirts. I used to wear sweatpants to school with a ponytail.
1: Soccer is life. The rest are just details. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like
0: to me, that was like my fresh new cool clothes that I would wear. I don't know, anywhere from like grade five to grade eight. I was like, all right, I got my new Umbra
1: shorts. That's interesting. My uh, equivalent would be a, a new Budweiser t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was definitely an, a sports girl because I know not all girls were dressing like that, but like my cousins who were the same age as me, who also played sports, I remember we would, you know, we would always compare, you know, our cool new athletic gear shorts that we would have. And Yeah. Yeah, the tearaways were always cool, and it was always exciting when I would get on a new soccer team because I play competitive soccer. I'd get on a new soccer team, and we get a fresh new warm-up uh, outfit, and so it would be tearaways, oh, and, yeah. and you'd get the jacket with it, too, so I'd show up to school with a matching pants and jacket.
1: Yeah, that sounds like the Canadian school system. They were not giving us a fresh new warm-up gear. Each, each no night. it wasn't
0: part of school Oh, okay no this is like a, a league that i played in oh, okay outside of school
1: all right so some other clothing uh i used to big for me in middle school uh was the starter jacket
0: yes i had
1: a miami dolphin starter jacket and i had an auburn starter jacket my mom bought me both of them um but she bought me the auburn starter jacket And my dad, being a big Alabama fan, I don't think he ever knew that I owned an Auburn starter jacket because – I would wear the Auburn starter jacket to school, and then the Friday that my dad would pick me up, now I would rotate them out, but on the Friday my dad would pick me up, I would always wear the Miami Dolphins starter jacket.
0: That's such duplicity at such a young age, trying to manage your mom and your dad's. Well,
1: it's because they have such strong emotions about football, and they can't let it go.
0: I know, but if you weren't from a divorced family, that wouldn't even be a thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but I I used to really love, I love Dan Marino. Dan Marino was also a big 90s thing. Yeah, And then the movie Ace Ventura came out. I was a big Jim Carrey fan, a big Miami Dolphins fan, big Dan Marino fan. That movie brought it all together. Well, see, I
0: learned of Dan Marino through that movie.
1: Oh, okay. See, I was already a Dan Marino fan, and that movie really brought it home for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember learning to walk like Ace Ventura I mean, That was night. That was Walk run. Like Ace Ventura? Yeah. Oh man. Do you, do you do you understand? No,
0: would Oh, like uh with this head yeah. bouncing into yeah. the side. It, it, yeah. You would walk like that. Yeah.
1: That's so funny. Well, it was yeah, I was a kid. Even, yeah. You know, I was being funny.
0: I remember I was at a birthday party Alrighty, one time. Oh, righty then. Oh my gosh, Ace Ventura <laughs> tore up our hearts in the 90s. I mean, yeah. we I remember, and that was the magical thing about that movie was adults and kids loved it. I remember I was at a birthday party. I don't know. I was probably like 12 or 13 and a bunch of 12 and 13 year old, 13 year olds, mostly girls, I guess, and like her brothers and stuff. And we were sitting there and we were watching Ace Ventura and we were going nuts. Yeah. We were laughing so hard. Like, we couldn't even contain ourselves. And I've never seen kids react like that into any movie. Like, as a group. As a group of, like, you know, 10 to 15 people just dying with laughter. And and the parents dying with laughter, too. It It, was just, what a phenomenon.
1: It still holds up,
0: too. It does. Jim Carrey really was
1: magical. I mean, it still holds up. If you watch Ace Ventura today... It's almost funnier. I mean, because I, as a as a uh, a grown person with uh you know a bit more detail and appreciation of comedy, um, a, a appreciating the the um, subtle things, you notice so much about uh, Ace Ventura, and it's so well done, so great. Um, yeah, I mean then. The '90s, I think, were uh, were. Spe- What's another shirt you're talking about? Mid drift shirt showing off the mid drift. Well, I actually, in terms well,
0: of television shows, I mean, '90s had amazing sitcoms.
1: Well, the shirt showing off the mid drift. I want to say that okay. I showed a picture of me as a kid with a Hooters waitress to Ashley uh, Corby, who used to work at Hooters, and. Uh, she was like, oh yeah, we're in the middraft. They don't let them do that anymore. And I didn't even know that, but. I yeah, was- well, when I was
0: getting to the age where I could wear clothes like that, grade nine, grade eight, grade nine, um, we called them tiny T's. Oh, tiny tees. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I am two, three years younger than you. So I, I started going to high school in 1999. So, oh, you know, yeah. I missed a lot of the 90s because I was, like, early 90s, I don't really have much recollection. 96 and and onwards is when, like, I'm starting to listen to music. I'm starting to, you know, touch into pop culture and what's trying to, you know, happen. But also, I'm growing up in rural Canada. So, things are reaching me late.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, um, I, I don't know. I just, for some reason, just, uh, because I have been listening to the playlist, even though, I mean, I've still been in this 90s deep dive. And it just has made me want to talk about it. I mean, I'm just gonna there was so many songs that were just emotional. Yeah. Um, here's one. Here's a here's a nineties song that was just like it's so dramatic, but I remember loving this song. Okay. I mean If I, it's the
0: song I think it's gonna be. Let's see.
1: It's not gonna be. It might be. But I was this is the thing about me. It's important to understand. I got... I was raised by divorced parents, right? Both of my parents were in the picture. Um, but I live with my mom and two sisters in a two-bedroom trailer. So I'm around a lot of women. I mean, I'm really raised up with women. So, I mean, I know all the words to the Grease soundtrack. I mean, we used to watch Grease a lot. Like I'm, you know, and so... And then my dad would pick me up every other weekend and make me farm and make me build barbed wire fences and herd cows and stuff. And, uh, (laughs) you know, but I've always been, uh, you know, kind of a weird country dude. Like I'm far more redneck than most people realize, but
0: uh, I think we realize.
1: Okay, maybe. But I also have this side where I like this. Here we go. You ready? Okay.
0: Oh, that's so, a that's a great song. Is that collective soul? That's
1: tonic. Oh. So what I'm saying though is <laughs> if you're not a very good expert. If you're going and listening to these songs and you hear that song, it generates this, Oh, I remember that, and you're like, yeah. But if you listen to it like we just did there for about five seconds, and then you go, I'm gonna put this on a playlist. To listen to later when you go to that playlist to listen to it later that's when you'll realize that you maybe don't love the song as much as you think you do it just generated some response in your brain that calls back a time when you did love it
0: it creates the spark is what you like yeah but you can't have the spark twice Right. At least not in quick
1: succession. But some of them, you know, do have a lasting quality to them. And, um, you know, live, the band live has a. What's
0: what's, who did Lightning Crashes?
1: Oh, man, that is the band live. That is. Oh, that is live. I mean, this song. (laughs) Oh, man, I spent a lot of time listening to this album in general. You know, I mean, this is deep. It's alternative, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we sang, me and my friend sang along with us once on a tape recorder. Her falls to the floor. And I thought I could sing like this guy, at least this, this song. And I listened back to it and I cannot. Did
0: he just say her placenta falls to the floor? Yeah. Is he talking about a, a?
1: Yeah, he's giving. There's a birth given. Well,
0: I'm doing a week. We should play this song at the hospital. I don't
1: think so. I don't. I think one of them dies in this song. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. You know. I That's think, what this song's about. I think so.
0: Jeez. All
1: right, here we go. Here's another.
0: Oh man, this is Ben Folds.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was one that the radio never played enough for me.
0: I had so many guys make me tapes or CDs with this song on it. I'm not trying to brag, but I feel like that's the only time I would ever listen to this song. Someone would make a playlist.
1: Okay. Here's another one that I liked and probably shouldn't have. (laughs) I do <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> you're you and eighteen and you're jamming 16,
0: Just think, about, just think about Dominique so Mochietto.
1: <laughs> know know well, this is what it is, though. This is what I'm trying. I like
0: this. Keep playing oh. some of the jams that you want to feel. Show me who your soul was back then. Because you know what gets me is the fact that at some point you were digging music like this, but then I'll show you music I like right now, which is not so far from that because I listen to a lot of women artists and you're like, take this off. All
1: right, here's one.
0: You become very chauvinistic in your your music taste as an adult man.
1: No, that's not true. It's just like, I don't like a lot of new music. It's not, and I also do like a lot of the music that you play, so I don't think that's fair to say. But this is one here, all right? This was, this was one I was actually a big fan of, and I could never figure out who sang this song back in the day. No one could ever tell me who sang it. I never could find the album, but I thought this was really a pretty badass song. I mean, I think this has such a cool vibe.
0: Know what I know, and know what I mean.
1: <laughs> I'm not aware of too many things. I know what I know, if you know what I mean. Do you?
0: <laughs> Philosophy
1: is a talk on cereal box religion.
0: What was the 90s even trying to say?
1: I don't know. <laughs>
0: Philosophy.
1: Religion. I don't know, but I love that song. You know song. what's
0: interesting is, you know, third wave feminism really had a moment in the 90s. So I'm, I'm thinking a lot of these well, women were. Oh, can I look up a song? No. This is, um. what do you, what do you. Well, I think it's called something, but I'd have to see it to know what it's called.
1: All right. But this is the thing. We got to wrap this up. I know.
0: I know, but I actually feel like this jam has been really good.
1: This is the thing um, that I was thinking about. I I don't think that the 90s, it had anything to do with feminism. I think that these women were very great and creative, and these songs were amazing, and I think that's why I like so many female singers of the 90s. I didn't even realize how many I liked. And I like a lot of them, and I don't think it has any – I mean, if anything – it it, i don't know a lot of my problems with feminism is like when a woman a woman is singing now it has to be like yeah i'm singing and i'm a woman rather than just being like uh yeah i'm a really great musician and i happen to be a woman
0: all right well i'm not going to be able to find it but i think i want you to to play us out I want to end this podcast on on some 90s some 90s reminiscence
1: well, all right, but I'm, uh, yeah, we got to go ahead and end. Thank you, Hannah, for joining me here.
0: Yeah. I hope that I uh, was able to enlighten you with some of my nineties expertise.
1: You totally were. And I'm going to go, out. Uh, I mean, it, it's been so special having you on.
0: Aww. Um,
1: it's, uh, we've really.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it was awkward between us for a while when you fired me off the podcast.
1: Yeah. But, um,
0: but it's good to be a guest back in showing there's no, there's no, um, hard feelings um
1: so i'm just gonna end this i want to end on something that i don't think people will see coming I, I don't
0: think anyone saw any of these songs coming
1: that you was you were going to connect with
0: Philosophy, religion.
1: i mean don't make fun of the song though. i told aware. you that that's one of my favorite ones though okay Let's not make fun of it now. No,
0: I think it's sweet and precious, because I know your heart, and I know you would like songs like that, because okay. you're sensitive like that, and you grew up with sisters.
1: Oh, here's one. I also like this song. I shouldn't, I shouldn't admit that I liked any of these, but here it is. This is one no one's going to see coming. One, two,
0: three, four. I like
1: this one. This, the songs were so cool. Just listen to the way this flows. It's our arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> Where is my John waiting? Where is my very song? Where is
0: my happy
1: ending? Where have all the cowboys gone? All right. We're having a good time. Thanks again, Hannah. Thanks again for doing the podcast. I'm
0: vibing, Dusty.
1: Boom. Damn.